the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Final hour of the Bruce Hooley Show starts with, as it always does, an interview with Jack Windsor of the Ohio Press Network. Really glad to have Jack with us on a weekly basis. You should be reading his site, theohiopressnetwork.com, and you should be following him on Twitter at Jack Windsor, W-I-N-D-S-O-R. I learn something every time I talk to Jack and every time I listen to Jack. And so I learned a lot last night because Jack and I did a tandem event last night in Bell Fountain at the uh, Top of Ohio Patriots meeting. I don't know. There were a lot of highlights, Jack, but uh, hearing uh, seventh grader Isaac get up and recite the poem that he wrote when America was locked down during COVID, it was an amazing recitation. But for me, it was encouraging to see a young man who's been shepherded, raised well, gets a great education in a Christian school environment, and it gives me hope for the future with sometimes what I do and maybe what you do diminishes our hope. I would agree. Last night was special. I'm a little bit of a softy, so when events are started with the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, believe it or not, it gets me sometimes uh, because I think there's such a disrespect for this great country and the flag. So we started with that, and then we went into uh, listening to Isaac, and uh, his story is compelling. Uh, He wrote that, I believe, uh, in fifth grade, and it's incredible, the honesty and just the intellectual wisdom uh, that, that he shared, uh, it, it made me emotional, and it does give me hope. I think sometimes we, especially after a big election cycle, go, well, you know, this younger generation, about a third of them are woke or, you know, they're progressive or they believe in socialism. So uh, when you hear a young man like that extol the virtues of this country. It's it's a special moment, and uh, that was great. But uh, honestly, sharing a microphone with you and uh, getting to rap with the audience uh, was indeed a highlight. I respect you to all ends of the earth. So uh, last night was a really good night. Yeah, it was a great night, and I saw you. You beat me to the punch. You were uh, videoing Isaac's speech. Is that posted on your social media accounts anywhere? Because I would love pe- people to be able to see it. That's a great question. It is not yet. Uh, I forgot to ask his mom's permission last night, so I'm going to check with her today just to make sure. And once I get clearance, then I will post it, or I'll share it with you first and then post it. Uh, Give everybody else the opportunity to to hear it. Fantastic. And uh, hopefully we'll be back with the Top of Ohio Patriots in a couple of months. And if so, uh, you know, we'd love to see more people from Logan County and from surrounding areas come and attend that meeting up there at High Point JVS. Let's switch to some of the things we talked about last night. It was a very busy uh, wee hours of the morning session by the Ohio General Assembly. They got voter ID done, which I'm for. Uh, But I always uh, value your opinion on things because sometimes I don't really see the danger lurking around the corner. And I gathered from things you said last night that you are not in favor of this uh, Mike DeWine uh, takeover of the State Board of Education. Tell me why. So it is really easy to follow my visceral, visceral response, and I see organizations like Ohio Federation of Teachers or 
uh, Ohio Education Association opposing the bill. And so I go, huh, well, maybe it's a good thing. But I think one of the things that we have to be more careful about as a country, I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on, is that you have to think about the intended and unintended consequences of a piece of legislation. That's what I thought about here. To try to bring it around the barn quickly, it is uh, a bill that would have created the Department of Education and Workforce, and the director of the Department of Education and Workforce would have a cabinet-level position. That position would be appointed by the governor, approved by the Senate. Now, why that matters is that I'll call it DEW. DEW would have more authority than the elected and appointed State Board of Education. The director would have more authority than the state superintendent of public instruction. And you go, well, isn't that a good thing if the board is woke and leaning left? Well, it is. But what happens if Tim Ryan becomes governor or Michael Skindel becomes governor? But here's the hard question or the hard reality we have to face. Mike DeWine's governor. Mike DeWine appointed eight or six of eight members to Cleveland State University's Board of Trustees, and they voted unanimously to move, remove John Marshall's name from their law school. Um, Mike DeWine has had an opportunity to lobby lawmakers uh, to get meaningful legislation like Protect uh, Women's Sports Act or Save Women's Sports Act and the SAFE Act that Gary Click put in, which would um, ensure that kids who are young are not getting transitioned to another gender. And he didn't do that. And so it's kind of like the parable of the talents, right? He's been given two talents. He didn't use them. Why would we give him five? That, to me, was the bottom line. By the way, he locked my daughter out of school for a year and a half. Mm. So I don't trust his ability to make wise education decisions at this juncture. Yeah, I think that's uh, a very smart analysis. And we see a lot of things uh, that originally are intended for good and then end up being used for nefarious purposes. Now, we all thought the Homeland Security Department was a great idea in 2001 when it's used against parents at school board meetings. Not so much. That's why you need to read the OhioPressNetwork.com because they are ahead of the curve on a lot of things like this. And they'll give you a down-the-middle analysis of things, not a partisan analysis, but they'll certainly report things that the mainstream media and your local media does not report. Follow Jack on Twitter, at Jack Windsor. And again, his site is TheOhioPressNetwork.com. Boy, it's an interesting uh, trip into uh, a different world today when liberal journalists have been banned on Twitter for doxing Elon Musk and the location of his private jet. I listened to a little snippet this morning from CNN talking about how this is awful and terrible that journalists have been banned from Twitter. I don't remember them having the same take when the Hunter Biden story in the New York Post were banned on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, you know, journalists who, and, and in fact, a couple of weeks ago, they were posting yawn emojis, right? Yawning at Twitter files, which revealed the collusion between the DNC, the Biden administration, and the FBI to literally deplatform, censor, and cancel an entire political ideology. They're now losing their collective mind because a few journalists at corporate outlets were canceled for doxing. When you dive into it, um, my understanding is that they were posting real-time information about not only the location of Elon Musk's jet, and this is the part that other people miss. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg was also on that list, and there were other uh, notables who their real-time information was posted, and Elon Musk apparently had an altercation or a run-in. And that was, it was at that moment that he said, you know what, this is, this is really unsafe. So, you know, the hypocrisy of Twitter files yawning at those, but at the same time, this is the same group of people, uh, who are, were perturbed at Donald Trump for not acting swiftly to, you know, stave off violence at the Capitol. Well, Elon Musk does it. And now he's the bad guy. Um, we talked last night, Bruce, you don't have to walk very far down the path 
of sense to see the hypocrisy and the outlandishness of the left and the progressives. And this is one of those examples. Yeah, certainly is. Our guest is Jack Windsor, theohiopressnetwork.com. Follow Jack on Twitter, at Jack Windsor. Uh, Speaking of something that you thought you would never see, uh, I'm looking this morning at Twitter and yesterday at Twitter, and Steve Bannon is out of patience with Donald Trump. Steve Cortez is out of patience with Donald Trump because Trump teased this major announcement that was coming. And it turns out it was a Donald Trump uh, non-fungible token digital something. Um, I don't know what's going on with Trump. I mean, I think that, you know, you announce for president, then you kind of lay low and... What do you make of this? And uh, we chatted a bit last night about the DeSantis-Trump dynamic heading into and toward the 2024 primary season. You know, sometimes the people who are exceptional at one area of their lives really suck at another area. And I think if I were to summarize it simply, that's the case with Donald Trump. He's an incredible negotiator because he doesn't budge and he's stubborn and he's the center of his universe. And we're seeing that play out in ways now that are not optimal for the party or even for his own race, um, but he can't help himself. And I think that Donald Trump is hurting himself. Um, and I think what's going to happen is he's going to make himself more vulnerable for um, defeat in a primary. But, you know, I make no mistake about it. If he wins the nomination, then all hands are on deck to make sure that he gets into the White House. Even maybe some of the people on the Republican side of the aisle who wouldn't have voted for him before because of the absolute debauchery that we have right now in Washington, D.C. in the White House. Um, but, man, it's it's really hard to, to stomach, given where we are in this country, that a big announcement's coming and it ends up being what it is. Um, I think people have run out of patience with him. And as they used to say, I think Fonzie jumped the shark yesterday. Yeah, I agree with that 100 percent. That was a weird one. Uh, just real quickly, uh, toward the first of the year, the House Oversight now is going to have actual uh, people who want to get to the bottom of things in charge. Are you more interested in uh, COVID oversight, or are you more interested in Hunter Biden laptop oversight? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I'm really most interested in Hunter Biden laptop oversight simply because I believe, and this is my opinion, that the FBI colluded with big tech. And I said this last night, if the FBI went to Facebook and Twitter and they did and said, hey, we're expecting that there might be an information dump um, and it's, you know, illegal, it was it was falsely obtained, it's, it's conspiracy, whatever. And they had the Hunter Biden laptop. So if they researched the laptop and said that, they absolutely interfered with the election. If they didn't research the laptop and they said that, then they kind of broke the reasonable rule, right? Like they should have reasonably known what was on that laptop. So I think I want to see the federal uh, justice apparatus brought under control, um, if not entirely rebuked and restructured. But make no mistake about it, I think Anthony Fauci killed millions of people. And I think he needs to pay. Don't disagree with a word of that. It's always great to have you. It was wonderful sharing a stage with you last night. I look forward to it again. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. You too, Bruce. God bless you. Thanks, brother. Well, the markets did not like the latest rate hike from the Federal Reserve. We'll be talking about that tonight on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show, 7 p.m., with Josh Pick, we always try to tackle in the first segment little current events. 
I want to ask Josh about Sam Bankman-Fried, the FTX guy, or as New York Post referred to him, Harry Plotter. Great headline in the New York Post. Uh, The crypto klepto, Sam Bankman-Fried. When I was attending press conferences on a regular basis in the course of my job at the Plain Dealer or at other radio stations, I always was like halfway between utterly embarrassed and exceedingly angry when someone asked a really stupid question. Because when another journalist looks bad, it makes all journalists look bad. All reporters look bad. So Josh, as a fiduciary, somebody who is required by law to do what's best for his clients, not what's best for him, I can only imagine what he thinks when he sees this idiot, Sam Bankman-Fried, willfully flouting the law and bilking people out of not just millions, but billions of dollars. So we'll talk about that with Josh tonight. But back to the Dow. Uh, After the latest rate hike from the Federal Reserve, half a percentage point, the Dow experienced its worst day in three months. It fell more than 700 points, which analysts are saying means we are headed for a deep recession in 2023. Dow was down 764 points. Worst day since September. That's uh, so much for hopes of an end-of-year rally in the Dow. S&P 500 went down 3%. The decline for the month of December is 4.5% in the Dow. The NASDAQ, which is more of the techie stocks, that fell <coughs> excuse me, 3.23%, so 3.25%. And everybody took a bath. Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft... Netflix, everybody took a bath. So we'll see. The Fed says they're going to keep hiking rates, and they're going to get inflation under control. We'll see if that happens. Not a joke. Not a joke. Yes, not a joke. You mean your presidency? No, it is a joke. Uh, If only ruining the country were funny. Now, it's not bad for everyone. Yahoo reports that... uh, Luxury spending is up among U.S. young adults, ages 18 to 29. Luxury spending is up among young adults, ages 18 to 29. How can that be? Well, according to Yahoo, nearly half of U.S. young adults, ages 18 to 29, are living at home. They are living at home, thus, and I quote, freeing up their budgets and leaving them with more disposable income for luxury spending. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Dad of two Alan Rogers is ready to weigh What do they do for a job? Um, Well, I don't know, but they're spending their money on Gucci handbags and Swiss watches and the like. Oh, my God. Recent data from the U.S. Census Bureau shows that nearly half of young Americans between the ages of 18 and 29 are living with their parents today. That's a historical high not seen since the Great Depression. The Biden economy is taking us back in time, baby, to the Great Depression. Uh, Morgan Stanley analysts are writing about this as if it is a good thing. They estimate that around 48% of young adults are living with parents in 2022, similar to levels seen in the 1940s. I lived at home after graduated from college for one year, worked at a local newspaper, saved some money, and then was out on my own. 
And isn't that kind of how we all proceeded through our life, those of us in the uh, post, well, the end of the baby boom era? You get out of high school, you either get a job and move out, or you go to college, and then after college you move out because you got a job and you're out on your own. There's a term in the psychology profession that I was told is called soiling the nest. That's why birds kick the little, the ones, little ones out, out. because they're too— they, after a while, they've soiled the nest too much. Yeah, you're there too much. Get out so of here. Get out of here. Yeah. Fly or be free. Now, I don't blame the 18 to 29-year-olds. I blame the parents. I blame the parents. Here's a fix for this. Say, well, you know, housing, mortgage rates are up, Bruce. They can't afford a house, can't afford an apartment. Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll agree to that. Why aren't they paying rent? Why aren't they paying rent? If they got a job, they ought to be paying rent. Because here's the deal. If you're a parent and you're not ingraining in your child that the gravy train has an expiration date on it. And it's not a gravy train when your kids are in school and they're staying at home and they're working toward an education, whether it's high school education or college education. But if they get out of college and they can't afford an apartment, then you should be charging them rent below market rate, something they can afford, but don't allow them to have so much money that they can be spending it on Gucci handbags and Swiss watches. You're stupid if you're doing that. I would assume rent for a two-bedroom apartment now is what? 1200 bucks. I'm guessing. I have no idea. That's basically where I live. Yeah. Okay. So let's say 1200 bucks. You say, well, I, I can't afford that. I got an entry-level job. All right. Well, then you can pay 600 bucks. You can pay 500 bucks. Whatever it is so that you can save some. But you got to teach them life skills, budgeting. They should pay a portion of the electric bill. They should pay a portion of the gas bill. They should pay a portion of every bill in the house if they've got a job. And if they got money to buy luxury items, you're just you're missing the boat on parenting your kids. So that unicorn studies degree really isn't paying off. Yeah. For me. Factors like high rental costs, enrollment in higher education programs, and delayed marriage are also keeping young adults at home. Okay, so let me campaign right now for early marriage. I've thought a lot about this, and I've listened to a lot of uh, conservative podcasters on this. I would not have deemed myself ready to be married when I was right out of college. But I have lots of friends, lots of friends, who got married when they were right out of college. And my guess is they weren't any more, quote-unquote, ready than I was. I just didn't have, you know, I didn't have a, a girl I was sweet on somebody who demonstrated the values and everything that I was looking for in a spouse. But if you find that and you're 20, you're 21, you're out of college, the wisdom of getting married early is you say, well, neither one of us has anything. Exactly. Exactly. So whatever you get, you build together. And that draws you together as a couple. That draws you together as a couple. If you wait till you're 30, you got your stuff, she's got her stuff, that increases the likelihood that you'll both be territorial about your stuff when you bring it into a marriage. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.